Good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome to River Glen. So good to see uh, all of you here. Uh, welcome everybody in Waukesha. River Glen's one church in many locations. And so everybody here in Waukesha, would you join me? Let's just give a big welcome to everybody on the other side of the camera. Milwaukee and online, love you guys, and uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us uh, for uh, church. Well, um, anybody, uh, anybody in a good mood uh, this morning? Anybody excited to... Three of us. Okay, good. That's great. That's great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I want to get you thinking here uh, this morning about a question. What do you think lives the longest? What group of people in America uh, do you think live the uh, longest? A guy named uh, Dan Buettner did some research on this to try to find uh, people groups that live significantly longer in America than the uh, average uh, person National Geographic magazine published his uh, research in an article, and one group stood out, one subgroup in America stood out uh, for living uh, four to 10 years longer um, than the average person. Now, who do you think it is? Who would you guess? I don't know, maybe you guess vegetarians, huh? Uh, people that eat really healthy, uh, that looks pretty good right there, doesn't it? Uh, or maybe people that exercise consistently, gym rats, uh, exercise, uh, regularly, like this, like this lady right here, uh, Shirley Webb, uh, 80 years old, and she's lifting over 250 pounds. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I can keep up with, with her. Or I don't know, maybe you think of people living in a beautiful place like a Hawaii, where there's lots of sunshine and fresh air. It's probably really healthy uh, to uh, live there. But it's not uh, vegetarians or gym rats or Hawaiians that live the longest. Dan Buettner found a surprising group of people that live longer than anybody else. And it was a uh, religious movement. Yeah, that was built around this idea of taking one day of rest every uh, week. Think about all the uh, time and effort and, and money that we put into healthcare and fitness and diet uh, to try to live longer uh, lives. And this group of people, this religious group of people, they're called the Seventh-day Adventists. They're, they're named after this practice of taking one rest day um, every, every seven uh, days. Uh, they, they live between four and ten years longer than the average uh, person just, just by taking a day off each um, week. Well, we're uh, continuing this series. It's called uh, The Ruthless Elimination of, of Hurry. This is a book cover here. We, we, uh, we're uh, uh, basing this series on this book. It's by John Mark Comer. And if you want to go further on this uh, subject and what we talk about today, I would recommend this book to you. I think you'd really enjoy it and find it um, helpful. The book talks about a disease, an actual disease, called hurry sickness. A cardiologist named Dr. Meyer Friedman studied people that lived in a hurry, made them, uh, affected their health, made them more prone to heart attacks, and he uh, labeled it a new disease. He called it hurry sickness. Here's a definition. Hurry sickness is a behavior pattern characterized by continual rushing and anxiousness. And more and more psychologists and mental health professionals say that hurry sickness uh, destroys many of our uh, lives. So a couple weeks ago, uh, we uh, tried to have some fun uh, with it, got Garrett up on stage, put him on a treadmill to illustrate hurry sickness and how, you know, many of us live lives where we just keep adding more and, and more to our schedules and going faster and uh, faster. People ask me, is Garrett okay? Did he do okay? Is he hurt? Uh, he, no, he made it through all three services. And uh, Garrett is, uh, everybody's fine. Garrett's fine. We had some fun with it, but we also gave you a quiz. 
Remember this, we, we asked you to score yourself how many yeses to the six signs or symptoms of hurry sickness to see if you have uh, hurry sickness. I'm not going to go through it now, but if you want to go back and watch week one, you can get caught up. You can, you can take uh, that quiz. I just admitted to you that I, I struggle with hurry sickness, okay? I, said, I say yes. I said yes uh, to all six of, of those, and I need this teaching as much as uh, anybody. Recently, somebody uh, showed me an app. I downloaded it on my phone. It's called Strava. Uh, it's for walkers or bikers or runners, and you keep, it keeps track of your pace and just, I mean, dozens of other details and data. It's got GPS and all this. And I don't know why, but I've really been getting into this. When I go for walks, I use Strava, and I put all the information, keep it stored on my computer, and I want to, you know, I want to, I want to uh, walk faster. I don't know why, you know, when I hit the button on Strava, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I'm on the clock, and it's not just a walk. Now it's a race, even though I'm walking by myself. I'm not really racing anybody. I guess I'm just racing myself which is kind of weird, but I don't know why I'm in uh, such a, why it's such a race and why I'm walking fast, trying to walk faster and faster. The only thing I, I can figure is I struggle. It's because I struggle uh, with hurry sickness. And I've talked with some of you, and I know I'm not the only one. Many of us uh, like to go fast and live on a treadmill. Maybe you feel just overwhelmed or overscheduled or burned out today. And you wonder, will it ever end? And I want you to know it can end, and there is a better way. And if you feel worn out today, here's what Jesus would say to you uh, from Matthew chapter 11. Are you tired, uh, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforth force rhythms, we're going to talk about one of these rhythms, of grace. I won't let anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Today, we're going to talk about the rhythm uh, that God made for us, a rhythm of Sabbath. And this is such a gift. Sabbath is such a gift to us. It not only will lower stress and help you live a longer life, but check this out. You can be, un you can be less hurried and more productive. It's true. Dave Stone talked about it last week in the video that Jesus lived the most productive life of anyone. He accomplished more in three years than any of us will in our lifetime. He's the most influential person in all of history, and there's no record of him ever running or jogging or even hurrying. And he made this rhythm of Sabbath uh, part of his regular schedule. Now, some of us hear the word Sabbath, and that sounds like an ancient word. It seems irrelevant. Others of us, we don't really know what Sabbath means. So let me show you a definition of the word Sabbath. It's a big word in the Bible. The word Sabbath literally means to stop or cease. That's it. A Sabbath day is a stopping day. It's a 24-hour period where you step off the treadmill. You step away from the hustle of your work routine at, at your job and at, at, at home. But to understand the rhythm of Sabbath, we need to really start way back in the beginning. Let's go to the first verse of the Bible. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God works for six days, and he creates the stars and the sun and the sky and the oceans and the rivers, plants and animals, 
and human beings. Then it says, by the seventh day, God finished the work that he'd been doing. And on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. God, cre- God creates a day of rest for us, a Sabbath day, uh, because he knows that for us to thrive and flourish, we need to take one day off from the hustle of work every um, week. I want to show you something. I never noticed this. I never knew this before about uh, the creation account in Genesis. Did you know God blessed specifically three things in uh, creation? Uh, Blessed means uh, to give favor, to fill with strength. First of all, God blessed animals. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. And then second, God blessed mankind. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. And then the third thing God blessed is a day. Uh, God blessed the seventh day and made it holy the Sabbath day, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now, why would God bless a day? Because God made us in his image, and if God needed a day of rest after working, then surely we do too. And just like God blesses the animals and mankind to go and multiply and produce, when we take a day off, God blesses and multiplies our work and our productivity the other six days. We get more done in six days with God's blessing than we would working seven days on our own. It's kind of like the principle of of tithing. Uh, Maybe you've heard this teaching about tithing. The Bible says uh, to give 10% of our earnings back to God, live on 90%, and God promises to do more with our 90% than we could ever do with 100%. On our own, and God blesses uh, the Sabbath. But here's something fascinating. Just, 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 just kind of blows me away. The Bible introduces Sabbath in Genesis chapter two, right? Doesn't mention it again until thousands of years later. We pick it up where we where we read about it in Exodus chapter 16, where we find God's people, the Israelites, living in slavery. In Egypt. At that time, Egypt had more power and wealth and productivity and prosperity than anybody else in the, in the world. And uh, here's where their uh, productivity uh, came from from this right here bricks. Yeah, bricks were very valuable in the ancient world. They used uh, bricks to build storehouses for food and crops, they used uh, bricks to build armories and forts. For their military, they used bricks to build palaces and monuments for their uh, leaders. And, and the more bricks that you had, the more that you could build. Bricks in the ancient world represented power, comfort, uh, control, wealth, prosperity, and productivity. And so the Egyptians, what they did is they created a system of slavery uh, because they wanted more bricks. And so they forced God's people, the Israelites, into slavery, and they made them work uh, 24-7, nonstop, because they wanted, uh, they wanted more um, bricks. Now, we don't have slavery in America uh, today, but I wonder if some of us have enslaved ourselves uh, to, to work, enslaved ourselves to a cycle of nonstop uh, work and productivity, endless uh, to-do lists, um, 
at, at our job and at, and at home. I listened to a podcast recently, and, and they talked about a newly released study that said that most of us are to the point. 70% of us say that we need to do some work uh, seven days a week to get everything that we need done. I came across an article, I copied it off. I don't know if you can see this. I read this article, it's an eight-page article, and it's tips for working seven days a week. Yeah, that's what it's come to in, in, in America. And many people uh, you know, feel like the Israelites, enslaved by their work routine at their jobs and at home. And few things stress us out as much as consistently overworking. And if you live that way long enough, eventually you're gonna cry out for help. And that's exactly what the Israelites did. They cry out uh, for help. God hears their, their, their cry. And, and you know what God does? God responds and he sends a leader by the name of Moses to lead his people out of slavery in Egypt. And Moses leads the people out of slavery and he takes them to a mountain, Mount Sinai. And that's where God gives the Israelites the Ten Commandments. Remember, these people, they lived in slavery for hundreds and hundreds of years in, in Egypt, and they don't know how to live as free people. And so God gives them his top 10 list for a good life on how to enjoy a full life of freedom. And one of those top 10, one of those 10 commandments helps us avoid hurry, sickness. Let's review. Let's just briefly review the uh, Ten Commandments. Some of you have heard these before. Uh, number one, worship only one God. Number two, have no idols. An idol can, can be anything that we prioritize ahead of God. Don't dishonor uh, God's name. Uh, number four, we're going to come back to number four. Uh, number five, honor your father and mother. Six, do not murder. Seven, do not commit adultery. Eight, do not steal. Nine, do not lie. Ten, do not covet what does not belong to you. And as you look at God's top 10 list, I don't think any of us would disagree or feel comfortable uh, breaking any of those. You break one of those, you might need to go for some counseling. You might go to prison in, uh, in, in America. But interestingly, the fourth commandment for many of us, I mean, we have no problem uh, breaking it. We're okay uh, breaking it. And the, the fourth commandment is the uh, Sabbath command. And uh, here's what it says. It says, every seven days, uh, you must take one day to rest. No work allowed. In fact, for many people, you know, we're not just okay um, breaking it. We, 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 you know, we have no problem breaking it. But we'll actually even brag uh, about uh, bragging it. Somebody says, how you doing? Oh, I'm busy. I haven't had a day off in, in, in four weeks. And it's like, it's like a badge of, of honor. But we wouldn't do that with any of these other uh, commandments. You know, somebody says, hey, how you doing? Uh, well, hey, I've cheated on my wife four weeks in, in a row. Nobody's going to do that. We, we don't talk that way about any of these other uh, commandments except, except the um, fourth one. So let me just read to you the fourth commandment and uh, let this sink in. All right, here's the fourth um, commandment. This is, in, this is from Exodus chapter 20, starting in verse 8. God says this, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Holy just means uh, uh, set apart, special, uh, different. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, all your work emails, all your work meetings, all your Zoom uh, calls. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord. On it you shall not do uh, you, you shall not do any, any, any work. You take a break from the hustle of your, of your work routine at your job and at home. And 
it, well, I want you to notice how far this goes, though, okay? Look, look at the rest here. Neither you uh, nor your son or your daughter nor your male or female servant nor your animals, uh, nor any foreigners residing in your town. I mean, even animals take a Sabbath. Do you know, do you know your dog? Don't, don't, worry, don't worry about your cat, though. Okay, cats, cats take Sabbath um, every day. Um, Marnie and I went to dinner um, week, week, uh, week before last uh, to a friend's house. This friend just got a cat. This is Ozzy, and uh, that, that's what he did the whole night um, while we were there. He just Sabbathed. Uh, no hurry sickness going on at, at, at all. Um, but I find it interesting that the fourth commandment is the longest out of all Ten Commandments. And it's the only one of the Ten Commandments that gives the reason for it. Here's the why for this command. It goes on to say, uh, for in six days the Lord made uh, the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and, and made it um, holy. Now, when God gave the Ten Commandments, I want to clarify something. God did not give uh, these Ten Commandments for salvation, okay? Just like, you know, the, God had rescued the Israelites already uh, before he gave them uh, the Ten Commandments. And we're not saved uh, by following the Ten Commandments. We're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ period. But after, after we're saved, after we give our life to Jesus, after we start following him, after we express our commitment uh, to him through uh, baptism, God gives commands. God gives principles because he wants our life to go well. Our, he wants our, 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 our marriage and our family and our friendships and our career and our businesses and our mental health and our physical health. He wants all of that uh, to go well. He wants us to thrive and flourish and enjoy uh, freedom. And the Sabbath commandment shows us that God takes our rest and renewal just as seriously as he takes our morality. I mean, this is the rhythm, one of the rhythms that God built into creation. And it amazes me how God uses the Sabbath to bless our lives in, in so many ways. I know of two companies, two large companies that take uh, one day off each uh, week. You ever, you ever crave a chicken sandwich on a Sunday and you drive over to Chick-fil-A and, you know, you pull into the uh, parking lot and you're like, oh, bummer, I forgot they're closed. I've had that happen so many times. If you go to their website, it explains why they're closed on Sunday. Back in 1946, Truett Cathy founded Chick-fil-A, and he decided that they would close on Sunday to give their employees a day of rest and worship if they wanted to worship. And they've continued that schedule ever since. And it's amazing because in the fast food industry, Sunday is a high sales day. And it doesn't make sense from a business point of view uh, to close on, on, on that day. But Chick-fil-A is the number one fast food restaurant when it comes to sales per store. The average Chick-fil-A store makes $1 million more per store than the number two restaurant in their industry. And they close on one of the top selling days of the, 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 the week. Uh, uh, anybody know a second company? A second company uh, that closes? Large company? You got it. Hobby Lobby. Yeah, they sell home goods, small items. They don't really sell high, 
high-priced um, items, and they close on Sundays, one of the highest sales days in retail, and yet they have grown um, into one of the most profitable, fastest-growing companies in the world. Recently, in an interview, their founder and CEO, David Green, talked about why they close on Sundays. He said, I wanted to create an environment for employees to spend time with their families on Sundays. I have faith in God's Word, and I know that God has, has blessed us. And I share those two examples of, of successful companies uh, to show how God uses the Sabbath to bless our lives in so many ways. And we can, we can, they show that we can be less hurried and more productive. Um, but we have to uh, put our trust and faith in, in God to bless us and, and come through for us. So how do, how do you actually do this in, in your individual um, life? How do we begin uh, to practice Sabbath today? I want to address a couple of questions that people commonly ask to help us incorporate the Sabbath into our lives. Here's the first one. Which day is the Sabbath? Is, is it Sunday? You know, do I, do I have to take Sunday off like, like Chick-fil-A and Hobby Lobby? Um, and, well, Sunday might be a good option, um, for you, but do you know? Did you know that in Scripture they didn't take Sunday for Sabbath? Do you know what day they took in Scripture? Sab- uh, Saturday. Yeah, they actually uh, scholars think they actually would start uh, Friday night at, at 6 p.m. and they would continue through until Saturday evening. Here's what I would say: I don't think it matters which day you choose. What matters is that you reserve time for Sabbath in your schedule each week. In the New Testament book of Hebrews, the author talks about the Sabbath and how God rested on the seventh day of creation. And and here's what he says. He says that Jesus is now our Sabbath rest. And that's why I think, you know, you, you can pick any day of the week to be your Sabbath day. It's your choice. But I want, I want you to notice how the author of Hebrews um, words it. He says, he says, he says therefore, uh, make every effort to enter that rest. Isn't that an interesting choice of words? I mean, I, I thought rest required no effort, right? But apparently it does. He says, make every effort to, to enter, to experience that rest. This past year, more than um, any other year, I've, I've worked... Uh, to practice Sabbath, and I made an adjustment in my schedule, and I, I, I look forward to it. Uh, I in, in, enjoy it, but I have to tell you, it's not easy. I got to be uh, very intentional. I got to plan ahead and, and put it in my calendar, and so I want to challenge you to schedule Sabbath in, in your schedule this week. In fact, I, I would love for you right now, go ahead and take your phone out and put Sabbath onto your uh, calendar. Some, some of us, you could take a whole day, you know, you could block off a whole day for Sabbath. That would be awesome. That would be great. But maybe for others of us, you begin by setting aside just an, maybe an hour or, or, or a few hours. And then uh, eventually that becomes a half a day. And over time, you get to the point where you take a whole day uh, for, for Sabbath. Again, I don't think it matters which day you choose. What matters is that you begin to reserve uh, time for it. All right, here's the second question that uh, people ask. What do I do on the uh, Sabbath? What do, what do I do? Well, here, kind of a, uh, something I, I've learned is, um, <clears throat> you know, what you think is rest uh, may not always turn out, turn out uh, that way. A couple weeks ago, I watched the Packer game, right, against the Lions. 
Yeah, I thought, oh, this will be rest. Yeah, oh, yeah. Rest, no. <laughs> Anger, yes. Frustration, uh, yes. So, it is, you know, you're, you, you plan your Sabbath. It doesn't always work out the way that you uh, planned it exactly. But give yourself grace, okay? Don't be hard on yourself. This is not an exact science. And uh, things don't always work out the, exactly the way that you plan. And I still enjoyed the break from work and time with uh, family. But um, uh, for, for those of us who tend to overwork, maybe we've got some workaholics in the room, I want to just clarify what it means uh, to take a Sabbath, okay? It means that, that, that we don't take a break uh, to get caught up on our work, all right? It means, um, you know, we don't take a, a break so that we can plan next week's work, uh, we don't take a break to read books about our work or listen to podcasts about our work. Uh, we, we, we take a break. We, we step away from, the, from our work routine uh, the, the other six days at work, at our job, and at, at home. And, you know, it's something that, that we really should enjoy and look forward to. One of my favorite uh, statements in the book, John Mark Homer's book, he, he said, God commanding us to rest it's like God commanding ice cream or beach days. And should, shouldn't we all be chomping at the bit, you know, to have a, a Sabbath day uh, on, our, on our schedule? Here, here's a great, great question to ask yourself to determine uh, what you do on your Sabbath. Ask yourself, what is rest for you? Yeah, what, what is rest uh, for you? You know, it's different for, for each person. Ask yourself, what relaxes you? What brings you joy? What brings you delight? What re-energizes you? What is rest for you? Let me give you some ideas. Maybe on your Sabbath, uh, you spend time with your kids or your grandkids. And you play a game, laugh. Maybe you go for a walk. You go for a hike. Go for a bike ride. Maybe you spend some time outdoors in nature. Maybe you take the boat out on the lake, maybe you play some golf, maybe you, maybe you watch a movie, take a nap, read a book, uh, grill out, maybe you enjoy a, a delicious uh, meal, watch sports, go shopping for fun. You, you need to figure out, it's different for everybody, what is rest for you? What relaxes you? What brings you joy? What is rest for you. Somebody said this to me, if you work with your mind, Sabbath with your hands. I think that's great advice. That's true for me. I relate to that. I work with my mind. You know, I sit there uh, in front of a computer most of the week working with my mind. And so when I take a Sabbath, I love to go for a bike ride, put my hands on those handlebars or go for a walk, go for a walk with my wife. Uh, that brings rest. Um, to my soul. That renews me. So I don't want to be legalistic about it, legalistic about it, but ask yourself uh, the question on, on your Sabbath, will it bring rest to my soul? And if it doesn't, then I'm not going to do it. I'm going to save it for those other six days. Will it bring um, rest? The Hebrew writer says that Jesus is our rest. And so I don't think a Sabbath would be complete with, with, without taking time on our Sabbath at some point to turn our attention to Jesus and to draw closer to him. That's really the difference between a day off and a Sabbath day. On a, on a Sabbath day, you remember God, your creator, who loves you and delights in you. And so take some time 
to reflect on Scripture and pray and do whatever you do to celebrate who Jesus is and, and to contemplate his direction for your life. God says, be, be still and know that I'm God. When, when do you know God? When you slow down and you're still before him. And that's why each weekend we take a moment in our services, and it's kind of like a Sabbath uh, a moment. It's a moment for us to remember and even celebrate what, what Jesus has, has, has done for us, uh, making himself a sacrifice on the cross in order to give true freedom to each um, uh, one of us. Uh, and we, re- we remember that um, by taking communion. Our communion is, is open to anyone who follows Jesus. The bread represents Christ's body. The juice represents Christ's blood. I want to share an uh, excerpt from a book by Ruth Haley Barton um, as a transition to communion because I think it gives such a good description um, as to what the rhythms of, of Sabbath and communion do for us. She describes a jar of river water. So keep that picture in your mind. She says, when a jar of river water sits still, the law of gravity causes the sediment to eventually settle to the bottom so that the water becomes clear. We don't have to do anything to cause that settling except leave the jar alone for a while. And the same is true of the spiritual law of gravity. When we sit quietly in God's presence, the sediment that is swirling in our souls begins to settle. We don't have to do anything but show up and trust. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to give you a moment to reflect and, and take communion when you're ready. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for creating this, this rhythm of, of Sabbath as a, as a blessing, as a gift to us. And God, some of us are tired and hurried and and worn out and we need rest we need sabbath i pray that you would encourage all of us whatever our work routine at our job at home god would you inspire us to to begin to incorporate sabbath in our weekly schedule and god would you give us guidance and wisdom and help each of us to figure out what, what really brings us rest for our souls so that we can thrive and flourish for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.